where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. One of the things that you heard uh, Matt and Lindsay promise this morning is that they would teach Maya that she is wonderfully and uniquely created in the image of God and that she is worthy to be loved. That idea that we are each wonderfully and uniquely created seems as good of a place as any to start thinking about what it means to embrace diversity. Because when we promise to teach a child that they are created in the image of God, we are making a bold promise. We're promising to help them live into whatever God created them to be. Not just what we envision that they should be. A few months ago, I heard an interview with Jess Burkle and Ryan Knighton about their life as screenwriters in Hollywood. And the hook for the interview is that Burkle and Knighton are both blind. And so as they talked about what it's like to work in that fast-paced and very collaborative and very visual world of TV, they made an observation that has stuck with me all of these months. And it happened when they were describing the modifications that the studio had to make in the physical place and the ways that their co-workers had had to adapt in the way that they all worked together. And one of them said something like, ultimately disabilities only hold us back if the environment around us doesn't adapt. It's not that we're less abled than others. We need a different environment. That observation would prompt us to ask, what are the changes that we are willing to make to embrace diversity in whatever form that takes? A couple weeks ago when Pastor Sarah was talking about fighting with the powerless, she talked about some of the changes that we've already made. Things like making our restroom signs more inclusive for gender diversity or inviting people to join with those in other faiths as they try to get the same recognition and respect that Christians get around their holy days. But what we know from the Bible is that as soon as we get one thing settled, we're asked to look for more ways to reach out to others. The love in which we live and move and have our being, as Paul says it, is big love. One of the helpful conversations that's been happening in the business world is the distinction between diversity and inclusion. And in schools and communities like cities or towns, often this is talked about as the difference between integration and inclusion. And the idea is that when we talk about diversity or integration, we're talking about numbers. 
we're talking about how can we get more people of other races or cultures or abilities or ages to come be with us. But when we talk about inclusion, we flip the question. And we start asking, how can we change so that others can belong? In the church, I would ask that question, how can we change in order to make sure that everyone has the space to be who God calls them to be? I think it is one thing to be nice to someone or to welcome them to be with us. But it is another to be willing to learn from and be transformed by the presence of God that they embody. On Martin Luther King Jr. Day this year, one of our children's worship leaders led the kids in a sorting exercise. And she had for them papers that said, House of Love and House of Fear. And then she had pictures of racism, of signs that said, whites only here, or keep our neighborhoods white. And she had other pictures mixed in there of people who were working towards racial equality, of people at sit-ins, at protests, working on legislative issues. And the kids sorted the pictures by whether they belonged in the house of fear or the house of love. That is the challenge of embracing diversity. To be people of inclusion, people who are consistently making that choice to live in the house of love, we're probably going to have to think about what we're willing to to give up for someone or something else? What are the comforts or the conveniences or the securities that we're willing to sacrifice so that others can live more fully? And there is a spiritual foundation for the work of embracing diversity. It's that recognition that Paul talks about that even though we're all different, We're all intertwined. Paul's playing with that when he says first that we're God's offspring, each of us individually in all of our nations. But we all live and move and have our being in the very same God. Our differences, he says, are meant to be opportunities for transformation, ways that we learn to reach out, not borders. To divide us. Beatrice Bruteau once said, If we cannot love our neighbor as ourself, it is because we do not perceive our neighbor as ourself. So I think that even as we are learning to ask the question, What are we willing to give up in order to make room for others? there is a second part of the question, which is, What do we stand to gain by making the choice to live in the house of love? The answer, as Paul envisions it, is everything. 
In so many ways, we are seeing the effects of choices that have been made based on fear. Sister Joan Brown, who's the executive director of the New Mexico Interfaith Power and Light, talks about diversity in this way. She says, Every created thing is holy. Every blade of grass, every grasshopper, every child, every element is holy. Ecological degradation, racism, discrimination, hate, and the disinterest in working for justice and love happen because of a lack of honoring the holiness of everything that is in front of us. The foundation for embracing diversity is learning to wake up to our interconnectedness the very essence in which we all exist. So there's an important question that comes up anytime we talk about being inclusive, about being welcoming people. And it always comes down to something like, how do we value the diversity of people who don't value diversity? Are we supposed to welcome the people who aren't welcoming the other people? And the question comes from a good place because it means we're really thinking about what this looks like in practice. If being the church means fighting with the powerless and rejecting racism and protecting the environment and sharing our resources, all of these issues that are undergirded by embracing diversity, then we will inevitably come up against people who do not share that value. And the question becomes, are we supposed to embrace them too? And what I think about that is that good theology always gets messy when it comes down to practical application. And so I was asked that question again this week as we all looked forward to thinking about what it meant to embrace diversity. And I want to raise it for us to consider here. Personally, I think the answer is yes, and. If you're asking this question, it may be comforting to remember that we are not the first people to ask it. This was a struggle that Jesus himself knew something about. Because in addition to the work that he did, healing the lepers and feeding the hungry and comforting the grieving and asking people to expand who they loved, Jesus also welcomed the tax collector and had dinner with the wealthy and he healed that Roman soldier even as he was being led away to his death. What becomes clear in those stories is that the big love that Paul talks about even extends to those on the other side. Embracing diversity isn't about drawing new lines in the sand. It's about embracing them all together. And so what it means is that we don't give up the challenge and the struggle for fairness and justice and a bigger love for all people. Those fights are real, and they need us. But it does mean, I think, that we double down on doing the work that we do in love. 
What's been clear from the beginning of the church and is clear again today is that we are called to be larger than we can imagine being at any given moment. So as you ask this question this week, as we all ask the question this week, what am I willing to do? What am I willing to give up in order to make room for others? I would encourage you to ask as well, how might I more fully know the love of God by deepening my connection with others? Children of God, let's love one another. Love is a gift, a blessing of God. Love one another, sisters and brothers and siblings. Love is a gift of God, and even when the verses are new, we stay with it because God is always doing a new thing and always calling us to expand. So when you go wherever you go, go forth with that willingness to be expanded, to be of service to each other and to the communities that you interface and intersect with. And as you go... Go trusting and believing that the God who created you and created each and every person embraces you. That the Christ who is present within each and every living thing fills you. And that the community of the Holy Spirit encourages you and teaches you along the way. Enjoy the day. Go in peace. Thank you.